Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. If you find it difficult to keep your team engaged and motivated, while facing COVID restrictions, well, you're not alone. Whether you're in lockdown or working in limited capacity, I know this has been a super hot topic, especially for those here in New Zealand and Australia, as this side of the world is now facing ongoing consequences of a COVID resurgence. There's certainly a fine line. As a leader of your salon, you want to keep your team motivated and accountable as as much as you can for the sake of both them and your business, But you also want to be a hashtag best boss, someone who shows that they care and empathizes with the different journeys that each one of our team members are facing. And as this is a fine line, this is uh, a tricky tightrope to balance. So luckily today, I'm chatting with someone who has found the perfect balance. Stevie English from Stevie English Hair in Sydney is a living example of what it looks like to lead a team to success, through success, and an ongoing effects of COVID-19. So in this episode, Stevie's going to share his story of successfully engaging his team of 12 plus during this two-month lockdown that Sydney has already faced and why he continues to have a positive attitude moving forward. So listen in to glean all of Stevie's best advice. He is an absolute rock star in this industry, whether open or closed. So I know even if this is not facing you right now, you're going to get a lot of inspiration and tips from Stevie in one way or another. Let's jump in and chat to Stevie. Hey Stevie, thank you so much for joining me again on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Nice to have you back. Thank you for having me. Now, for those that don't know who you are, where you are in the world, do you want to give us a little bit of background, like who are you, what do you do, how did you get to be doing and doing what you're doing right now? Oh, wow. So who am I? So my name's Stevie. Uh, Stevie English is my business name. My real name is Steve Cawthorne, but everyone calls me Stevie or Stevie English. Uh, I have been hairdressing for 27 years, I think. It's a long time now. I'm, um, yeah, you can tell by you know, the wrinkles and the fact that I have no hair and all that sort of stuff. Uh, And I have a salon in Sydney uh, with 15 staff called Stevie English Hair. And I am the Evo Global Creative Director for Colour. So I'm in charge of Colour for Evo. Um, And we launched all of Evo's Colour this year, which is very exciting. Uh, What else can I tell you? I'm the Australian... Creative Colorist of the Year this year. So I won that um, in June. I've won it before. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I, I just color hair. So for, I guess, um, for anyone listening, I'm um, a purist in terms of how I started my hairdressing and that, that's how it was, that's how we had to do it back then in London. And yeah, so I just color hair and sort of play with Evo, which is lots of fun. And I guess help manage my team with my wife. 
Yeah, nice. Um, I know that the last time that we chatted, uh, I loved our conversation because we were so aligned in a lot of the, a lot of the thinking and the way that you run your business. So it's really nice to have you back. Um, but you are in lockdown and you have been for a long time and you're still going to be for a long time. Talk to me a little bit about that experience because this is the longest time, second time round, but this is the long time. Yeah, yep. So we're, we're on, uh, I think we're, I think it's like either eighth week or ninth week in lockdown here in Sydney, Australia. Uh, and it feels weird. I'm in my salon, so I've, I've, I've driven here because I've got kids who are on homeschool and to try and do like a, a Zoom meeting and they're in their Zoom classrooms, it, it, the, 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 the bandwidth um, and someone shouts down, who's on the internet? And so um, that's the Australian internet for you. So I've come to the shop and it feels quite weird coming to the salon where there's nothing, you know, even after eight weeks of doing, you know, all the hairs falling down to the floor, it still could probably do with a bit of a brush and stuff like that. But I, I mean, in terms of coping, uh, I think my wife and I are coping well. Uh, we're keeping busy. Um, we've been painting our house and stuff like that, doing little bits and pieces. Uh, and, and I mean, but also, I mean, connecting with your staff, doing all that sort of stuff. Um, so firstly, I think it, it, you get quite selfish in, 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 your, in your headspace. Um, and I think the first two weeks was a bit of, you don't really know what's going on. Oh, is it going to be for a week? Is it going to be for two weeks? I'm just going to get drunk. And I think that's what I did for, I think we definitely did that for uh, two weeks. And then we're like, okay, this is going to be much longer. And so then we, and, and although we were already doing, um, twice a week zooms with our staff uh which we've now down to one because i think it was a bit of overkill but um yeah it was it's definitely uh different um and so i think that first two weeks was what's going on and now we've got into a swing of things of okay i've i have a checklist every day that i have to do i have a certain amount of exercise i have to do we even take the kids out before they do the zoom with the dogs just so that you're not going from your pajamas straight into going to a classroom or, you know, I think it's really important, that sort of stuff. Mm. Uh, so yes, it's, I mean, I don't know what else really to say rather than, I mean, we're doing some click and collects as a salon and we, we're sort of, um, we, we have, uh, you know, shampoos and conditioners and treatments, your K18s and all that sort of stuff. So, um, it, yeah, it's, it's got a little revenue stream. So clicking off your website, um, we, you're pushing through your stories and trying to do that stuff but uh, predominantly I have been painting I was gurneying my garage last night and I've been surfing a lot so nice. you know an exercise yeah it's good. How, how was your surf this morning I, yeah I think I might have broken my nose this morning so I was, I was just sort of <laughs> off, off air and just sort of, so I don't know if you can tell but um, yeah it's pretty solid out there we've got a big south swell coming so um, it, I make it sound like I'm a real hell man and obviously, um, I'm obviously not that good because my own board hit me. So it's, it's you know, fine. <laughs> yeah. Tell me what, um, what is the biggest challenge for the team, if any? Like you've got yourself into a nice routine. You've got kids in school and house and there's lots going on. What about the team? Like you've gone from two meetings a week to one. Is there, like one of the things I'm aware of is uh, people who have less structure or, you know, mental health or feeling alone, like how has it been for them, their experience? Yeah, and, and I think that, I mean, we're really lucky. We've got um, a really uh, motivated, engaged team. Uh, and they're definitely missing her. And they're definitely missing each other. 
actually. So, you know, um, and, and actually we've in where I live um, in Sydney and Maribra, there's like four of us that all live in Maribra. So we quite often see each other walking the dogs around the beach and um, Mel has a swim, one of the other girls. And uh, so, you know, and I have surf with Harrison. So it is, we've got some connection, but there's definitely some of the other girls that live fur, further away um, that are a bit more alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a, a team or as, a, as a, a leader, I've tried to sort of instill what we should be doing. But, I, I, you know, I can't make them come onto a Zoom call. So I've, I've said to all of them, if you want to come on and, and talk, please do. Uh, and Mel and I are always there to have a chat. Um, and if you don't, I get that as well. You know, you've got to do, you've got to do what's best for you. Um, and I, th- I do think that the ones that seem most engaged or most that either missing the team um, are in every week. We're doing quizzes. We've done, um, Mel and I've sent out some margarita kits and stuff. So how to make the perfect margarita. Uh, you know, so it's little things like that. And, uh, um, but it, it, everyone's on their own journey, you know? And, and I think that it's really important to, for, for me as a, as a person, as a business owner and as a leader is to remember that people are on their own journey. I'm walking in my shoes and I, I can't, um, you know, and if someone who's walking their shoes does something that I wouldn't do, you can't, I can't be angry with that or I can't um, question it. I just think, because it's so different and it's fit for all of us. We've never been in a place like this before where we're told mm. since I was 17 and I've been hairdressing and working and really not had a day off, you know, I've had holidays and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, and all of a sudden you're told you can't do what your passion is and your love and, you know, so, and then that's, that's, that's quite challenging. But I would say that um, for, again, Mel and I, and, and I definitely really uh, believe in um, not worrying about stuff that I can't control. Yeah, I really love that about them walking in, in their own shoes and um, because I think sometimes we can hold on to our team so strongly. They're so important for uh, the lifeblood of our business, but sometimes I think it's easy to hold on too long, uh, too, too strongly to how they do things or how they're living their own lives and the impact that has on our business. It's, it's hard to find that balance, I think, for a lot of owners. So I like that perspective. It's like we can only... We can only uh, uh, lead and guide. We can't control. Oh, and, and I think uh, micromanagement for me isn't something that I'm a fan of. Um, I think leading with empathy is is probably um, a better way of doing it. And that your team are your lifeblood of your business and you can't do it without them. And so, you know, there's, there, there's always a happy X from what you want and what they want. And you have to find mm-hmm. that. And I think, and mm-hmm. it's not the same, you know, it's not, round holes, square pegs or whatever it is. It, it's, it's really trying to, um, and I think in today's business, and, and I think we might see this actually coming out of lockdown more is in today's businesses, people will want their own stuff more because they've just been around. And I think it's really important to understand that and be flexible. And I yeah. think that if you can find someone that wants to work two days a week and you know they don't want to work a Saturday, you've got to make that work for your business. You know, because, and those long-term will be you know we've got staff that've been with us for 14 years pretty much from day one um and and and, and it, it's been able to adapt and and help and, and I, I would say that that is probably a little bit of a secret of our success in terms of we really appreciate our team um and we have to try and mold and bend for them you know that, that obviously there's 
you know it makes it sound like we're pushovers and that's not it at all there's always a you know that there's things that we will accept and there's things we won't accept and we have team values and we have all that sort of stuff but at the same time you, you know you want your your mums to go home and see their kids to put to bed you don't want them staying back late at night and, and that breeds negativity and all that other stuff yeah. so yeah for sure yeah. yeah um I guess I can say too that sometimes uh when a business gets to a certain size it has a little bit more freedom and flexibility to be flexible for its for uh its team members because there's a there's always a core group or there's enough to go around i can see that that's more challenging when you've got a smaller business and you're trying to just cover opening hours for example or have enough people on on a saturday there's a little bit of a benefit of uh, more flexibility as you get as you get slightly larger and you have some longer term people wouldn't yeah. you say that's true uh, I absolutely and I mean you know and again uh, what works in our business isn't necessarily going to work in everyone's business and I, and I would always um, you know and I've been in many business seminars and I listen to lots of fantastic hairdressers and I think you know you've got to understand that their business is their business right and how they run it and what they do is you actually just have to listen and go that's a good idea how can I adapt that for myself um, yeah. But I do think um, in COVID times, you know, I, I do think that the uh, adaption or the, the change of people's mindset, there might be more people that want to work at a different time schedule. And, you, you know, we might end up having uh, more staff that work less hours. You know, yeah. people might go, I actually really enjoyed having the time off to see my partner, to see my kids, to walk my dog. Maybe I can do that. I, 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 you know, I don't know. And, and maybe there's going to be a lot of businesses that, you know, struggle and go under for those reasons. I don't know. I definitely feel there is a sort of a global awakening or a movement or shift towards, oh, like what is, what is the purpose of my life? What am I, where am I investing my time and my focus and what do I actually like and care about? Maybe because we've all paused and had a moment to think or to experience oh, it even. Yeah. I'm, I, I mean, I can, um, I can see what my retirement's going to be like. And, 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 and I, it, you know, I, I definitely think I, the hours are great, but the, the financial side's pretty shit, right? And so then, <laughs> you know, like, so you're like, well, and so I guess it's trying to find that balance. And I think that that's, that balance is what you want for your team as well. You know, it's not much point having, um, you know, your team working 40 hours a week and they have no life balance either, yeah. you know? So I, I think it, sure. that, that sort of stuff for me is, is, is really important. Um, and coming out of COVID, you know, I think, yes, we've been eight weeks, but I, I know that um, I've got friends in the UK, right? And they were in nine months in, in lockdown, right? And so there's a lot of hairdressers like, well, maybe I should do something else. Maybe I don't want to do hair anymore, you know? I, and, I, and which is why um, I think it's been important for us as, as um, uh, owners to check in with our guys, to, you know, just to make sure that they're okay. And I guess we, we will, Mel and I have always had that thing that we're, we want to be the preferred place to work. But at the same time, if someone wants to um, move on and try something else, we want, you know, we, you want to clap them out as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's that, that sort that. of, yeah, well, yeah. you know, we try. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Um, I want to touch on something that you said just at the beginning about you only being a colorist and what that looks like and how you structure your team around that. Um, have you always been purely a colorist and how does that work in your team dynamic? Who does what and when and, and how's that structured? Yeah, so uh, when I started hairdressing in 1993, 
I am that old. Uh, that was sort of in London. That was what happened quite a lot. You, you were, you know, um, Tony and Guy still do that model. Um, and so I did actually learn to cut, but only in the first two years. And I was, I was never very good at like pulling something out and doing that and really w working out where it was going to go. I've watched so many of the great hairdressers these days from around the world that I can get away with it a bit more. I could, you know, I'm probably better than I, I think, but um, in terms of when we opened the salon, I brought in someone just to cut and I just colored. But then as we've grown, I, I sort of didn't want my staff to be in a position where like me, where I've been on a shoot and they asked me to do something. I'm like, well, that's not my skill set. I can't do it. And so we've really worked our guys so that we've got, you know, um, I've got Leanne who does a lot of our, our training and Dave who does all our cutting training. Um, and so we, we try and work between us. So we upskill all of our stuff so they can do everything. Um, so I am the only one in our salon that only just colors. Um, and then I have uh, Dave, who um, is one of the oldest statesmen um, in the salon, uh, who's 63 and um, was a, an ex-Sassoon's trainer, an ex-Tony um, and Guy trainer. And he just cuts hair. But the rest of the guys do everything. But in our training, um, how we work it through our um, sort of academy or, or, or salon floor is we teach the guys to blow dry first because then they can um, finish off and make money. Then they go into color because then um, we can, you know, they can do a tint regrowth. I can uh, uh, tell color formulas. Then we go into highlight, you know, so that again, they can make money. So by the, by the end of the second year or two and a half years they're in, they are actually financially viable for a salon. And then that sort of last year is when they're cutting. Um, and we work it so that for the young um, superstar uh, colorists who do that, we give the financial benefits to the stylists so that they can go, well, I've, you know, you've done my tint regrowth here. The money goes to them. Um, the, the younger or the less experienced team members are getting experience and they're enjoying it. They're, they're getting their confidence. They're getting their talk. And it was not quite hand hold, holding, but it almost is. Um, and then by the time they've, um, finish their vardering or finish their haircuts and Dave's tick them off that they've got confidence with clients and and that's that they're off and running yeah I love that I love that we ran a very similar system uh we split the income a small piece was siphoned off to pay for the colorist and the apprentice and they got 80 percent uh, mate I was about to say we take 19 percent 19 percent stays in the business for that um for uh color um yeah same same yeah 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 absolutely yeah, yeah 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 it's a great model um because it means you've always got somebody up and coming uh and they're well uh versed with you know the conversation and uh, how to manipulate here and all of those things by the time they have to pick up a pair of scissors absolutely and i think that um in real terms in every business whatever your business people complain about stuff either not finding it or having the right one and i think that if you are uh spending time and money in training your team you know then then when someone leaves you hopefully or you, or you do have the pathway for those guys to move in and it might not happen straight away but for us that has happened over the years of we've yeah. had some great people work for us and when they've decided to to move on for greener pastures or for new pastures or new endeavors we've had someone you know ready to 
almost walk in and sometimes absolutely step in uh, and sometimes we've had to groom them a little bit more but yeah it, yeah, it's yeah. definitely definitely works yeah I agree um and I think that's something that we it maybe as an industry don't do enough of is this kind of career pathing setting out uh, a lifetime potentially of you know this is how you can progress and what you can do within our business and I think that's the first huge chunk of that right yeah and, and I think uh, I'm people or parents have always sort of looked at hairdressing as um, uh, as potentially not that great a job or a career. And I think that now if you ask most women, most people in lockdown after eight weeks, is hairdressers essential? They're going to be, I really miss my hairdresser. And I've had quite a few people saying, um, in the next lockdown, my bubble body is going to be my hairdresser. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, my, you know, my house is going to be very, very full. So I, we are essential, but also the, the career pathways that you can from hairdressing go in, into from uh, like me, you go in and work with a product company on a creative level. Uh, you can go in and, you know, you can leave hairdressing in a way, but go into sales for a product company. Um, then you've got your session styling and your, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, there's Business, so business many. ownership. Yep. Oh, absolutely. So you go into um, managing um, first of all, and then going into business ownership and all of that stuff. So th there's so many great pathways. Um, and it's when in, in our appraisals, we, we try and um, say, what, you know, what do you want to do? You know, wh where do you want to, um, you know, where do you want to go? And what we know, we've got some of our staff that are going to make great business owners, mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and I, I think that we would have, haven't done our job properly if when they go off and do it, that, you know, they haven't had the right tools or, you know, the right sort of help and guidance over, uh, over the years. So, yeah. you know, and I look forward to watching them do well, you know. Uh, Stevie, have you ever considered doing uh, business partnerships as a sort of a next progression of people going and doing it on their own? Pros and cons? Uh, yeah, we've, we've definitely considered it. Um, so we, at one point, we had two salons um, and 40-odd staff. And that was challenging for us. As, you know, we had reasonably young kids then. Um, and I was traveling for a product company around the globe as well. So there was, um, I think one, one year I was out of the, the country four months, you know, doing stuff in North America and Europe and, and stuff. And, and super great for me, but very challenging for running two businesses when you have a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, and putting a lot of pressure on Mel, um, my wife and business partner. So, uh if we were to do it again, that would be the model we would look at um, in terms of, uh, yeah, go in 50-50. Um, and and we, we, Mel and I have talked about it, but it has to be the right person. And we've talked to staff through the years, um, over the years about doing it. And I think um, people will either go, oh, but if I do 50-50 with you, you know, I'm losing 50. And I get that too, you know, like, um, but who knows, you know, I, I think when we lost or when we, um, we uh, our lease came up for our, our salon in Bondi, I think we both, Mel and I were like, never again. And then I think the five years since we've gone, we're getting into that place now, we're like, we could definitely um, help set someone up um, and do it. But I think our next, well, I don't think I know our next goal will probably will be to buy our business, uh, buy our shop so that we've got another um, revenue stream in terms of, uh, owning the the freehold owning the your building current location or somewhere new 
I, I don't think our landlord would sell this. So, um, uh, yeah, we would probably have to look. Um, yeah. So, but I, I think that that will be our next um, goal. Uh, um, just on a side note, before I just do want to quickly touch on sort of environmental practices. Uh, just on a quick note, I was having a conversation with someone the other day uh, about business partnership, and someone was wanting to come and buy in and be part of the of the business, and so. Uh, I just it just didn't feel right for me. So I did a quick Google search. Um, what's the percentage of six, six successful marriages? Uh, 50, 49% of marriages are successful. It's pretty mm. low, I, I thought. Oh, that's uh, higher than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> percentage of successful business partnerships. And do you know what it said? 20%, no, it actually said 80% of business partnerships fail. Yeah, right. And I thought, wow, that's really telling. That's, you know, that's uh, even more difficult than, than managing a, a marriage. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think um, relationships are tough at the best of times. And I think that um, when you're in a, a marriage, there's, 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 fours and against right or there's there's good times and bad times and you can always work through those things but obviously sometimes when you're in a business relationship some of the good times you don't really share in the same way as you do with a partner of a um a, 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 i'm trying to say sex but without you know, <laughs> but you know so so without Stay sharing that so yeah so um, yeah i was trying to be diplomatic i don't know why it's really not like me at all um yeah so i mean it doesn't surprise me in the slightest yeah. And, and I, I would never, I mean, I, I wouldn't have anyone come into our business that hadn't been a part of it and go okay. into business. I, you know, if someone said, I've got this money, can I do one? I'd be like, no, unless they came and worked for us for a few years, yeah. you know, because you, you just right. have to see that stuff. But I mean, we will never say never, but, um, you know, who knows? Yeah, that's right. Um, all right. Just very quickly, uh, before we wrap up, I'm keen to know, uh, you're sort of an uh, environmentally friendly as a as a big piece of your business strategy. What led you to this, and what are some of the simple things that you do? Uh, I think um, fifteen years ago when we opened our business, that was you know when you read all the business books and all the you know you're like how am I going to do this, and that they talk about your green cow or they talk about the you know what what is your um, unique cow, selling point yeah yeah I think it was purple but you know you got the point um everyone wants the green cow uh the you know what's your unique selling point we were we changed the purple cow to a green cow is where um and so the idea was it was things that we thought about in terms of how we lived lived our life we've got um you know uh issues climate wise here in Australia you know we've got young kids the ocean's getting polluted all that sort of stuff and so it was like well it makes sense to how we live our life to bring it into our business but also use that as as a part of our uh, marketing yeah you know yeah. green hair is never that good but um it's getting cooler i guess but uh it definitely helped us in our, in our marketing um and little things that we did i mean when we first opened but well, a lot of the stuff was um we didn't buy anything new we bought everything secondhand and recycled you know so we could do that stuff we we carbon credited at the beginning but we don't do that anymore um all like from gas rather than electricity and having your hot water sitting there 
falling away all the time. So we looked at grey water systems. Um, and when we buy a building, we'll put a grey water system in. Um, but as a, when you don't own the building, the rebates aren't there and it's not, it's not worth it. Um, same with solar. So when we own a building, we will put solar across the roof so you can um, offset all that stuff. But again, without owning um, the freehold, mm. the, it, it's not, it doesn't financially make sense. Uh, and then, you know, you're recycling. So, and, and fortunately in Australia and New Zealand, we have sustainable salons and we've um, been with those guys from pilot to right across, um, so which work really well. And I think it's a really good message um, for clients as well, knowing how yeah. much, you know, you recycle your foil and foil is recyclable infinitely, you know? So, and actually interesting, I've read something the other day that, um, you know, this colored foil that's come out now, that's actually not that good for the environment because it is the mm. lowest of the low uh, grade foil. Um, whereas actually the, the, the silver foil is actually much better for the environment. So that, that's sort of the cheaper um, foil, that colored stuff, but, it does look pretty in the hair and on Instagram, so I get it. Uh, but just remember, like it from, from just remember uh, the planet. Just remember the planet, yeah, please. Mate, uh, yeah, pretty's good, but um, planet's better. Um, but yeah, so so just that recycling stuff and all of our taps and all you know, we've got eco heads on it, so the um, you know the the shower heads, you know, less water, um, better. And and we actually when we opened, we had a, an environmentally friendly uh, uh, salon brand. Um, and that was a part of our ethos running through, um, which was O&M. And then we moved to the L'Oreal group and I was with L'Oreal for six years. And they were great, great for our business. And, and oh, don't get me wrong, O&M was great for us when we first started. And um, moving through with Matrix was a fantastic opportunity and really helped our business grow and helped uh, me personally grow, I guess, in terms of helping win awards and taking me around the globe many, many times. And um, then actually coming back to Evo and or coming to Evo and Evo is Australian and it's the most gentlest color that's no ammonia. It's and actually, but with high performance and we've worked really hard there. And so I actually feel like I've come back to my roots when, when I'm coming back and I, I don't, didn't feel and as much um, fun as I'd had with L'Oreal, I didn't quite sit right. It, 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 we needed it as a business, um, as their business at the beginning, but um, moving back to an Australian owned product um that all of that stuff really ticks the boxes um and makes you feel good you know and, and the 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 color and um the products speak for themselves as well the results so it, it does for us and our staff we love that sort of evo um australian ethos which so it's great yeah nice yeah okay i love it all right um we could keep talking and i could keep asking you questions but the one i do have for you is um as a business owner what is a a quote or a mantra there's something that keeps you strong and focused in, a, in or out of lockdown what can you share with us <laughs> oh a, a, a quote um I don't know if I, you know I, I mean I don't know if I have quotes but I mean there's loads and, and I've lost uh, them I think the Richard Branson one um you know if uh, what if you don't train them they stay you know you know what if you train them and they go but what if you um, don't train them and they stay so that one's probably you know so we really believe in education so that that would probably be high up on there um and i, and I think uh it, it actually the one mantra would be the preferred place to work we really try and um make our salon environment 
the preferred place for our team. And we try and make it as for whatever you're into and whoever and, and however, um, you know, we, we try and um, use that our, between Mel and I and um, our empathy and that, you know, dynamics to create a harmonious, fun, energetic uh, place to work. And really that's probably what it comes, comes down to. Yeah. I don't know if that's I a love quote. It. <laughs> yeah, no, well, there's a good mantra, right? There's a good mantra that keeps you on the straight and narrow and super focused. I love it. Yeah, yeah, very on point. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Stevie, thank you so much for sharing your words of wisdom. Um, where can we stalk you? Because I know people will. Uh, I am on Instagram. So I am Stevie English, and that's my personal account, which is mostly hair, to be fair, but all my stories of me surfing and messing around and drinking. Uh, and then the salon is Stevie English Hair. Um, I have to admit that a part of my, um, I, something I did last year, I decided not to go, I've still got a Facebook account, but I don't use it um, purely because I, I just, yeah, that's a, another um, side note, but it, it was taking too much of my time. So, and again, it wasn't serving me. And so I guess it's one of those things that where something's not serving you, know, it's time to just let it go. Yeah. I love that as a mantra in itself. So, there you go. So, yeah, instantly the English hair. <laughs> nice. Uh, Stevie, yeah, thank you so absolutely. much for, yeah, thank you so much for uh, driving all the way down to the salon, spending some time with us, sharing your words of wisdom. I really do appreciate it. Uh, Larissa, thank you for having me again. It's actually a nice excuse to put something other than scroll t shirt. Reasonably nice. <laughs> and, you know, it, it makes me feel, you know, it's a thing I've ticked off today. Um, so, it's good. <laughs> thank you. Glad I could help. <laughs> yeah. Ciao. Cheers, mate. Thank you, Stevie, for joining me again today on the podcast. I just know everything that you have to say about leading a team, salon ownership journey as a whole. I know there's lots that will resonate with you uh, in listening today. I especially love Stevie's positive attitude and motivation. It's kind of a simple, clean way of motivation to always improve and do more, whether that's with his team, his business, or his environmental values. So I'd love to know what stood out to you the most from this episode come and let me know in the profitable and successful salon owners facebook group i will put a link in the show notes of this episode i look forward to seeing you there otherwise same time same place on the podcast next week ciao for now thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast tune in every week as i reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon ceo and master your salon success Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.